Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We have a different intro today because we have a very special episode with a very special guest. But before we get to him, uh, let's see who is on the cast. Matt? Hey, it's Matt, or Comatose, on the forums and Discord. And also Veronica. Oh, I am Cheyenne Sedai on the Discord and forums. I am Argent, and we have with us a Brandon. Hey, I'm a Brandon. <laughs> uh, How are you one, doing? One of several. I'm doing all one. right. User, user Mistborn on Reddit joins us. Yeah. User Mistborn uh, on Reddit. Um, Reddit, which is still in the process of burning down. Uh, I'm a, a very smoky, fire-covered you uh, slash you Mistborn here today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess well, we could we... have had Yule on TWG as yes. your handle Ooh. as well. Yule from TWG. There we go. Um, a deep I talk. always On all video games and stuff, I usually just do Zellian. Uh, I've always liked that word. So, um, so now I'll never be able to get that in any any game again because I have released that the, 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 the will be a <laughs> mysterious <laughs> Uh, Zellian figure uh, in the future of the Cosmere. Anytime I use a name, suddenly it, everyone jumps on it. So I have to be like Mistborn 1 or Mistborn 5 or Mistborn 3000 nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but you're always ahead of the schedule. So like you can come up with a with a cool name and then you can use that for several years and then release And the then book, people right? get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great. So halfway into the year of seven, of of seven of Sanderson <laughs> and about halfway into Stormlight Five. How are you doing? How is your life yeah. going on? Uh, things are going well. Uh, Stormlight is Stormlight years are are difficult years writing wise. Right there's there's a lot to do and a lot to get right. Um, and uh, I mean they're just enormous undertakings. Uh, I'm at. 275, 275,000 words. Um, and I am almost through the second major group of characters, um, which when that's done, I'll feel uh, that I'll be able to heave a small sigh of relief uh, because there's three groupings, right? And so I'll have two of the three done. Um, and then I need to write interludes and epigraphs, but you know, we'll we'll send the book in for uh for editorial this time probably before I do interludes. Interludes will just get stuck in as I write them while uh, uh while all the editorial is going on. So it's a it's a huge undertaking uh, with Tor constantly looking over my shoulder. You know, these days saying ah you know we we have to have the book earlier than normal because of uh, delays uh, with uh, publishing all the uh, all the the trickle down. Um, uh, stuff with the uh, with the shipping delays and whatnot. So we got that in our Kickstarter. So how am I doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, I'm um, you know I'm not feeling underwater on it, but there is a lot of work to do still. Okay, well that's that's good to hear. Mostly mm. sounds like you got a you got a grip on it. So why don't we roll straight into some spoiler questions? Spoiler policy for this episode, full Cosmere spoilers. That includes Rhythm of War, Lost Meadow, Tress, Yumi, uh, hell, let's say not even Cosmere, uh, if if okay. that ever comes up. Okay. I can I can spoil anything. If yes. Uh, I can spoil unpublished books. If well, I mean, we're to. okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, on y- on Yolen, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, take us away. Sure. Uh, so we'll start maybe with a Lost Metal question. Um, in Lost Metal, you had Morassi ultimately reject Kelsier's offer of joining the Ghost Bloods, and I think that's a decision we've seen some division on with the fans. So I'm curious, uh, yeah. what's your analysis and thoughts on that? Because it was an interesting and fun character choice. Yeah. I'm not surprised there's some division of fans. Uh, there was division among the beta readers uh, on this. Um, and uh, there was even like, I, as I was writing the book, uh, left myself the option to have her join if I wanted her to. Um, I didn't lock myself in in that part of the outline. Um, my instinct was this isn't a good place for her. Um, and so why? And then when I got to the end, I'm like, no, this isn't a good place for her. Um, so, you know, Marcy's journey through the books has been how do I change the world? How much am I interested in the changing the world? And how much do I change the world? Uh, kind of in conversation with the dreams that she had as a younger person and the reality that she's now living. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to deal with in this book was this idea that she is kind of worried that she's just, she's becoming a cop uh, with all that that entails, right? Um, that there there's a culture to that um, and whatnot. And uh, should she be doing more and all of that? And so that did lead a lot toward the whole ghost bloods thing, right? Uh, and I expected a lot of people to be like, oh yeah, well, here's the easy answer. Uh, the problem is Kelsier is just such a terrible match to Marcy, right? Like personality wise, um, you know, Kelsier is about the shadows. He honestly believes that if all the information were known, that it would be worse for the world. He can share it in a small group, Um, And he's got this sort of I need to take care of people and I need to do it my way uh, sort of philosophy, which is really antithetical to somebody uh, like Marcy, who, you know, her her whole thing is we need to be better as a society, not as individuals. And we need to be. And so I, I at the end decided this is just a really bad place for her. Right. Um. And what, but she needed a place. Actually, the first draft of the book, I didn't have her make the decision to uh, to go into politics. She had rejected politics in the first book, right? It's like I'm I'm not going that way. That's not that's not for me. Um, and I went double back on that. And I'm like, no, this is probably the right route for her. Um, which is nice because um, like it 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 kind of snapped together for me at that point when I did the revision uh, to be like, no, she does need something. If she's going to turn down Kelsier, she needs something. You know, you uh, you will have some fun in Era 3. Uh, Era 3, I don't know. Here, here I, I warned you I might uh, spoil un, unwritten books. If I, if I said this, I might have said this. You guys will know. Uh, Era 3's working title for the series is Ghost Bloods, right? Uh, and so um, like you know, Mistborn Ghostbloods is what Era 3 is going to be called, most likely. So if you were sad, well, just remember, if Marcy joined the Ghostbloods, we're still skipping decades. You would not have been able to see her 
as a member of the Ghost Bloods, but that's what the name of the next series is going to be. So the, keep that on the download, just with you and your 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 mini listeners, uh, <laughs> because I'm sure Tor will want to do like an official announcement at some point. Yeah. So it's not an official announcement, guys. Yeah. It's a secret okay. announcement. Okay, so it's subject uh, to change. Yeah, but there we'll used just... to be by now. Tor hates it. Like they always are like, we got to do some big publicity thing, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm answering a question and a fan thing. I'm just going to tell them. Uh, they they hate it when I do that. Well. But. That's and one of the reasons we love mm-hmm. you, Brandon. Um, it is the way publishing works. They always want to do the big announcement. Yes, yeah. they do. They, it, it's even worse in Hollywood. They're they're also oh. I'm just like just let me tell people. Just let me say, hey, you know, <laughs> blah blah blah. And they're like, no, we can't, we can't, we can't. I'm like, all right, yeah. you know. But on I my own that. stuff, I can just blah blah blah. So yeah, what you get from me? Blah blah blah. Right away. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yep. I, I guess this kind of answers this question a bit that you have more planned for the Ghost Bloods in the future. But in follow up to that, uh, we were wondering, you also have Shallan kind of reject the Ghost Bloods uh, in mm-hmm. uh, Rhythm of War, which was published right before. So did that play into the decision at all that were you trying to approach the same arc from a different angle or was it more just honestly no this was just the individual characters and what they need um and you know uh in my head marcy walking away from an offer is very different from shalom declaring war uh so um so yeah um there there will be lots of fun with that in upcoming books let's just say that thanks i can't wait Mm. yeah that's very exciting um Transitioning a bit to just Yumi questions, since that's the most yes. recent book. It was excellent. Um, we know that we only know the people of Komashi as having investiture from virtuosity. Um, like, why does their investiture seem to be split into like the two streams of power that like we know as the high on? Um, is it something unique to virtuosity as a shard, or is it just how it manifests yes. in Komashi? No, this this will be a, a theme you will see uh, wherever virtuosity is involved. Oh. Uh, so yeah, mm. uh, interesting. Yes, this will be a theme uh, when you're saying there is there is a sub theme to this in the cosmic. Um, the push and pull, the opposites um, that that is should be echoing through the magicisms. It's 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 more expressed from virtuosity uh, than others. But do keep in mind that uh, that the yin yang sort of thing. Is a is there in the Cosmere as well, uh, in the general magic system, but more pronounced with virtuosity, shall we say? That's very interesting. Oh, I knew you'd love that one, Arjun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it, it 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 really isn't. It makes like sense as an artist. You know? Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna force myself to stick to the script and not think about push and pull in 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 the shards, which we thought we kind of understood. Um, so staying staying with Yumi, since we're asking the big questions here, I want to talk about the, the the big machine, the father machine, right? Yes. Um, there are some some really interesting, what feels like intentional parallels between it and Nightblood. Yes. Uh, there is smoke involved. There's eating of souls. There's a whole bunch of things. So what I do want to ask is, uh, one was the father machine awakened using breaths using Nalthian awakening, Good or question. Or are you using awakening as like light weaving or bondsmithing, which is an overarching system in the Cosmere? 
it's the second. They wouldn't, this wouldn't exist in kind of the pre-space age as much, but by space age, there's a certain terminology that is uh that is that is going between basically it's starting with the um uh, with the Arcanists and kind of moving to the general population of what certain themes in the Cosmere magics mean. And so when Hoyt says this is an awakened machine, his audience understands what that means. Does not necessarily mean breaths awaken, uh, but breaths are one of the main ways that people see things be awakened. Um, and so, yeah, you should be noticing those parallels, but that's, uh, that's, it's a term that in the Cosmere is becoming genericized, uh, to mean, uh, unliving object getting given some measure of sentience and even sapience by, uh, application of investiture commands and these sorts of things. Uh, I mean, by this point, they they've all interacted with uh, with various uh, awakened machines of uh, of uh, of sorts uh, in the the future Cosmere. So uh, they know what this means. They've talked to an awakened computer, right? So, yeah, interesting, very interesting. That's that's what I was hoping you would answer. By yeah. the way, I was hoping that because awakening is such a cool term for like yeah awakening an object right um one notable difference between uh the father machine and nightblood other than them using different magic systems to be awakened is that the machine was somehow able to draw people's souls at a distance which seems extremely broken to me yeah i had to lit this is going to be kind of a pretty special circumstance for this book um but yes it is pretty broken uh you you wouldn't want this to be uh th this could be very dangerous in the wrong hands don't expect this to be very commonly used in the cosmere was that a side effect of the magic system that was used to awaken the machine or was was there something else going on uh this is a kind of a side effect of what virtuosity did and kind of the the bit of virtuosity and all of the people uh allowing the machine to have a, enough of a plausible connection to them to draw upon them Okay, interesting. I will think about this while I pass the ball back to Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this is me pushing just a little bit hard on uh, what the boundaries of uh, is possible. Uh, it is possible, but it is it is it's not a it, it but it is pushing further than I normally would on the bounds of what that could do. I get that. Okay, so kind of a similar question about the midnight essence. Um, yes. Now that we've seen that crop up um, in Tress as well as in uh, Stormlight Archive, yeah. And then, so is is something similar happening with the midnight essence? And then, if uh, we have also the nightmares in Yumi, is that another that appear kind of similar? They're also mimicking, yeah, things. Um, so is that so um so there's a couple of things getting interwoven here uh the actual idea of midnight essence is uh a kind of concept like light weaving that predates the shattering of adenosium that various magicisms are basically borrowing quote unquote uh a law of the cosmere and uh and creating a parallel effect from the same basis if that makes any sense yumi is a little distinct from that um right like it's it's 
feeling similar. I would not call it true midnight essence. Um, it's it's a it's a, a awful lot more like a light weaving that has because light weavings can have mass to them because investiture can have mass to it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so you're looking a little bit more like imagine a bunch of stormlight um, becoming um, uh, able to, tangible. You can touch it uh, because of a powerful light weaving or something like that. And a little bit, of course, these things all bleed together because I'm using the same fundamental principles uh, to make them. But for me, Midnight Essence has this personality kind of that comes prefixed mm-hmm. uh what the midnight mother is making what the what the you're seeing uh, um in the midnight sea and things like this you're gonna get some similar personalities to these things um and not necessarily the same with the nightmares gotcha so it, it's more of a autonomous a light weaving that's become autonomous and is kind of yeah, the problem bit. is it's it's also got the uh, the cognitive shadow, right? Like it's it's a really yeah. invested cognitive shadow that is borrowing this uh, this investiture to interact with the world, right? Because these are their shadows; these are their cognitive right. shadows, right? All of yeah. these people's cognitive shadows, but they the power is not themselves. Remember, a cognitive shadow is a little bit like a fossil, like uh, mm-hmm. like uh, Vasher describes it, right? Like you've got this pattern there, and then the power kind of makes it manifest and be able to interact and things like that. And when that personality asserts itself with that power in the right place, you end up with a person that is the shadow running it. But at the same time, this you've got this massive power and energy that the machine um, is kind of controlling, which pulls back and overrides the personality sometimes. So you've got a very weird set of circumstances uh, going on here. But uh, it was very fun to uh, to figure out all the backstory and the behind on it uh, and get it all working. Uh, this one was this one was a little complex uh, yeah. to to get these things all working behind the scenes. Um, I like how they turned out. Uh, I really mm-hmm. like kind of uh, Yumi. If you dig into it, um, it, it it has both pluses and minuses. Uh, the minuses is um, uh, from the the beta readers and the alpha readers. The ending for non Cosmere. Um, uh, non, uh, non arcanist, shall we say, was really overwhelming, right? Which is why we have those Hoyd scenes where he's like, okay, let me explain. Uh, right. Um, it, it seems, I don't know, yeah. it seems pretty obvious. I would, I would expect that this is like, all right, Brandon needs to do better explanations. Hoyd's just going to do it. Um, but because of all the work I did behind the scenes on Yumi, Yumi matches kind of cosmological, um, uh, magic system stuff in ways that a lot of the side projects that I do just don't. Uh, and, uh, you know, Yumi is kind of very deeply intertwined in following all of these processes in a way that works really well for me. But it also gets you into where you start to need a master's degree in the Cosmere to figure it all out, uh, which is why to make it easier, we have Hoy just kind of spell it out for people. It is a, it is a little clunky. Um, I prefer the clunkiness to the previous version where you needed a master's degree in the Cosmere to understand even what was going on. Uh, but you know, that's where we are. Yeah. Well, it seems to be working because a lot of people are reporting that this is 
straight up their favorite Cosmere book. Yeah. Um, and and those who are not are still rating it very highly. So great job there. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's it's doing as well as I hoped it would. Um, I knew I had something special in Yumi where I surprised everyone in the secret projects. And this is the one everyone was talking about. Uh, this is the one that Peter came back the next day and said, Brandon, I read that in one sitting. That hasn't happened to me in a long time. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Veronica, um, move us over to the yes. next question. Um, so stacking and other forms of art, like the TV yes. dramas at the end, yep. uh, attract the spirits. But for some reason, painting doesn't. Um, could you like elaborate on like why and like the mechanical reasons behind that? Uh, the painting would. The problem is that the way uh, the painters are doing it is a little too um, by the numbers. Painter isn't the only one who's just kind of doing it by rote. They have you know, there's a little bit of I mean com uh, commodification of art uh, commentary going on in this and things like that. Uh, I think the painting could draw the spirits. The painting does at the end. He draws Yumi right, uh, which is working under the same mechanics. Um, I think that part of it is proximity, right? The uh, part of it is mechanical nature of it. It is kind of in some ways I think. Um, kind of off the record drawing the nightmares as well as painting the nightmares, right? Like, because people oh, are doing okay. this, this is part of why the nightmares are finding their way. And it's it's one of these things that happens so often in life that the thing that you're doing in order to stop the thing from happening actually causes it to happen more, right? It's the, the American football thing, right? We put helmets on people to protect them, which makes them feel more comfortable hitting each other harder, which causes actually more injuries than, if than in sports where people are unpadded. Um, and uh, it's one of those kind of, and they're painting the nightmares to stop the nightmares, but that's also kind of drawing the nightmares. Uh, and so I do think you could draw the spirits with painting. Uh, I just think there's kind of a collection of things. Remember what it took from Yumi to actually legitimately draw spirits away from the machinery. It took, you know, how many centuries of practice on her part? So, um, I think it's a combination of all those factors why the paintings aren't quite drawing the spirits. And, you know, they it did, right? The painter drew the spirits. Now, it's telling that he drew the spirits on the job that he wasn't required to do because his shift was over and he could have gone home and he didn't. He went anyway. Uh, and that's the time the spirits noticed him. Um, and so, but they've been watching him already anyway. I think... In the chronology, if you actually go and break it down, they talk to Yumi before he actually even saves that child uh, and say, we've been watching somebody. We got somebody for you. Uh, but that was kind of the the straw that uh, turned the camel into a superhero. I don't know. There's a mixed metaphor for you. <laughs> Fantastic. Very interesting. Um, it looks like all my questions this time are going to be about parallels between different things. Uh, this one between... White Sand and Sand Mastery and some Aether stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, I noticed that there are parallels. The water requirement, there is a bond, especially the Omnibus yep. really stresses uh, that yeah. the Sand Master is forging a bond there. Uh, there is the legendary 13th Aether Spore, which may be white, yep. maybe black. That's a little weird. That What's going on weird. here? Mm. What's mm. going on? Has, has autonomy corrupted mm. an Aether? 
Raffo. You are theorizing along the correct lines, Argent. Well mm-hmm. done. Hey, Matt. <laughs> Matt, one. save me from this man. Yeah. <laughs> I like to Raffo, Argent. It makes, it, it brings yeah. <laughs> my life. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> It it's one of those things, Brandon. Though, like the football helmets, I think it strengthens yeah. him as well. It so. totally does, uh, man. Argent, you are one of the old. I don't want to call you old. You're not old. I'm old. Uh, but you're <laughs> one of the first, like, arcanist type people I remember. Right, one of the first yeah. coming and asking me cosmological questions uh, at uh, at signings and things like that. When well, was the first signing of mine you ever went to? Uh, I think it was like steel heart yeah like it was it was not the way of kings but it was soon after the way of kings so 2011 Um, 11 12 something like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah been a long journey brandon yeah Yeah. let's keep it up Mm -hmm. so also talking about aether um a lot of the aether spores or all of them that we've seen map fairly neatly to a primal essence or element and so we're wondering if that's a continued pattern. What's the essence for the crimson aether? Um, or to put it another way, what's with the red spikes? Um, the what's world with wants the red to know. Spikes. Uh, so red spikes are the aether version of coral, which is um, uh, I I would I did not let's just say want to do a flesh aether. So let's just put Fair. you there. So we're going in. Uh, we're going in a coral direction as our kind of organic-ish, fleshy sort of thing. Uh, do understand they're not going to be a one-to-one, right? Uh, we might we might have some wiggle room there, but so far I've done them as a one-to-one. That that is kind of fun, though. If it is kind of mapping to flesh, that it's still got kind of a horror or like a scary element yeah. to it. Imagine it more like carapace and things like that, uh, as um, as you know what we might call our flesh uh, for mapping the aethers there. Um, so I'm not going to go with some aether that creates giant tumors. Um, I, I did toy with it. Uh, it just, you know, it, certain things don't work as well uh, as other things. So the the verdant aether is uh verdant and uh rosite have been the two that have always been the most interesting to me though of course zephyr is really important for the for the space age cosmere right uh being able to have uh portable uh air uh and uh and some um some propellant that uh breaks the laws of our universe by uh providing propellant that is a uh, small very compact uh, and very easy to use as a propellant. Uh, helps a bit with space age stuff. Um, you know. Cool. Veronica? Um, speaking of like research and aethers, what research about the aetherses is uh, Zyxes hoarding? Um, is... Yes. Well, his m- biggest interest is how aethers break down. Um, and he's really researching the water cycle. Uh, and trying to figure out how the seed happens, uh, because he's he's very interested in the decomposition of aethers, which is what's causing the seed uh, and things like that. So uh, that's what he is hoarding there. Uh, he's got 
quite the establishment in Silverlight as well. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah, Silverlight all yeah, Silverlight was once upon a time a bunch of dragon palaces. They all still have uh, have their uh, their 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 skyscrapers there, basically. So um, he, you know, he's taking a little detour uh, for for some decades um, on Lumar, but uh, his home base would be in Silverlight. So it does seem that kind of answers my follow-up question that was like, is his scholarly seclusion typical of dragons or just something unique to him? Uh, this like- in this case, he's he's taken a bit of seclusion, but uh, I wouldn't say, man, so dragons, there's a whole bunch of different things about dragons, right? Um, like if you've got a Tamukek, you can contact them, you can pray to them, and they can actually influence your emotions, Uh Right. So they're all kind of like little mini gods um, and their function. They're not immortal, immortal, but they're pretty long lived and kind of functionally immortal. They've been they've been around for a while doing all kinds of stuff. So um, there's all kinds of things going on with them. Some of them will be secluded. Some of them take their duties very seriously, like Frost, like uh, takes his duties very, very, very seriously. Other ones just don't care. Uh, you will get some themes with dragons. They do like bargains. They do like, um, you know, they, they, they do tend to have their interests. Uh, they do tend to collect people, um, kind of, um, and have either followers or, you know, corporations or things like that. I don't want to go too, uh, too cyberpunk on us, but, um, but yeah, um, the, you know, this, you'll, you'll notice some themes, uh, the more you get to mm-hmm. know them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I will warn you there. I, I'm probably, well, not probably there are in the Cosmere more and McCaffrey style dragons, lesser dragons, if you want that do not have a human form. Um, the, the greater dragons, as we call them, they, uh, they basically are like amphibians. They have to spend a part of their life cycle in a humanoid form. Um, and so, um, they, so they give birth in, in humanoid form, right. Uh, and then have a transformation in puberty to dragon form and then can go back and forth after that. And so, um, so dragons are the greater dragons, but we, we've got some Anne McCaffrey style dragons. We even got some little Drakelings on one planet, uh, that are, you know, not six limbed and stuff like that. So. We'll we'll eventually have some more dragons, but you know, when I was writing the early <laughs> books in the Cosmere, we were a little dragon flooded with Aragon and how to train your dragon. So I didn't write the dragon stories. But, you know, maybe someday. Yeah, that's fascinating. And also that means we got our Kamukek, which is, seems to be a theme with yeah. these because we always have a Tamukek somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, one of the few ways to to have an ansible in the uh Cosmere. Uh, in the early days, pre-technology, if you want to communicate between planets, this is one of the only ways. So uh, really, really handy to get a hold of one of those uh, or to get some Sion's, um before before we get technological solutions. Those were kind of your two main ways uh, to communicate across planets. The so-called bone phone and cell phone, yes. respectively. Yes. Uh, who came up with that? Bone phone and cell phone. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Neither one is mine, but I've been popularizing them as much as mm. I can because they yeah. are 
In original Dragonsteel, there is the the point where Hoyd gets a hold of a Tamukek and calls Frost uh, um, just to kind of prank him because Frost thinks it's an actual devotee praying to him. And it turns out it just it's just Hoyd. He's found one. Um, oh, no. And he's yeah, that's uh, but that's that's from 2009 or two. No, 1999 Dragonsteel. Um, so when that's that one Dragonsteel Prime comes out, you'll be able to read uh, Hoyd pranking uh, Frost with a with a Tamilkek. As as he would, because he's Hoyd. as he would. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, so- he was trying to. Prove that uh, that Frost was a dragon, and uh, Frost was not letting <laughs> on that he was. He was hanging out as a as an as an old dude, and uh, turns out Boyd uh, got him. So anyway, uh, I want to read the next question as I have written it because I don't want to mess anything up. Okay. So in the Lost Metal Arzarcanum, or Lost Metal Arzarcanum, calls hemallergic decay a thing of of, of the past. The term has been used to describe the loss of power in spikes outside of bodies, yep. as well as the small amount of power that is lost at the moment a spike is created. Yep. Which one of those things no longer happens? The de- the, the first one. The decay of spikes outside of a body, they have figured out how to make that uh, no longer uh, a thing. So it's not that it's... Mm, it's still a thing that happens in the Cosmere. They just know how to avoid that yes. completely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That clears it up. Mm-hmm. Matt, what do you got for us? Sure. We're kind of in the general portion, I think. Um, so turning to Stormlight, uh, originally Kaladin and Moash were essentially the kind of major dark eyes who were in a position to criticize uh, the nobility and light-eyed culture. Mm-hmm. And now that Kaladin has kind of, if not emotionally, uh, bought into the system to some extent uh, yep. by outranking most light-eyes, and Moash has kind of gone full villain, uh, yep. are we going to get another character playing that that role of a uh, dark-eyed or lower-class individual who is kind of critiquing the system? Yeah, um, I've been kind of looking at that. Uh, one of the questions is, is whether Lyft uh, can justifiably fill that role uh, as someone who considers herself a bit of an outsider, even among the Radiants um, and things like that. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's hang a little bit of a raffle on that. Ask me after you've read book five. Sounds good. OK, um, staying on Roshar, kind of. Uh, we know Vasher has visited Roshar, and we know that the Voran people like soul cast important people's bodies into stone after they die, kind of like what happened with Gavilar. Um, was Vasher aware of this when he visited, and is that the inspiration for the Deer uh, for the Deer statues? Uh, you know, he would be aware of that. I wasn't consciously making that connection, though, uh, in the books. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, this is just going back to kind of origins of what you can do with the magics and the Cosmere and things like that. But uh, I think uh, he would definitely be aware that they did that. So you can you can have that be uh, be retro canon if you want. Uh, but it was not what I was thinking. Uh, but it seems like it's the sort of thing that would be very reasonable. Uh, and then I want to ask you about my favorite character, Kelsier. Yeah, which is a controversial opinion, but I hold to it. OK, in secret history. When yep. he steals that orb from the Irie, 
is that orb full of purified door? Is that the first time we see that? That is the first time you see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I knew it. That's, That's why when I asked you about it and called it connection juice, you were like, what? That explains <laughs> so much. Yep. Uh, okay. So I think what we can do here is we can do one more round of like meaty questions and then we do a lightning round and okay. uh, we'll probably be at this. time. Yeah. Well, not not yet. Not yet. We're still okay. we're still okay. in the main course. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us? Um, so this is another Tresk uh, question. Um, we were wondering if you made a conscious choice to, with Charlie to focus on some of the lighter parts of his story rather than exploring some of the more tragic elements of his past, just because, yeah. you know, if you actually look at it, he hasn't had a great life. He um, has not had a great life. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons. You're, yes, I did. One is Charlie as a person uh, is somebody who is... Um, it's not that he hasn't been touched by these things. He definitely has been. Uh, but the person he presents to the world is somebody who is actively deciding to move on as best they can. This is not always a decision, but for Charlie, that's like a part of his persona. That's that's how he handles the fact that his father replaced him so easily, sent him off to be killed, uh, you know, and things like this. Um, like this is this is his coping mechanism is his kind of uh dramatic optimism uh and because of that it's, it's letting charlie control his narrative a little bit um part of it is the kind of nature of the story that that i was telling it is uh not impossible in Ho- hoyd's voice as I, I i i do occasionally both in trust and and yumi to get into the deeper character stuff but I want to play those cards wisely because the natural mocking nature of his narrative could undermine powerful moments if I'm not careful. So I, I play those cards carefully. Um, and um, it's, it's those two things kind of mixing together uh, that gets us the kind of lighthearted version of Charlie it, that is really how he is, right? That's not Hoyd sugarcoating it, but that is how he processes what's happened to him. Let's just say he's super happy to, yeah. you know, where he ended up. Hey, he wants nothing to do with going back to his old life. No. Um, he's 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 quite pleased with how things played out. I I yeah. feel like his dad has big uh, straff energy. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get big straff energy, unfortunately, if you read basically any history of any noble line in the history of the world. I mean, it just makes you there's this this one point in Stormlight where Yasna's just like baffled. She's like, didn't they love their families? Why is it always like this? And that's me speaking. I'm like, I read about the, you know, whether it's whatever dynasty, the Plantagenet or whatever you like. But this is your family. Like. What's wrong with you people? Um, and I think it's just a sorry, sad um, uh, commentary on on power and what happens and how it distorts people that you end up with, unfortunately, the straps of uh, uh, being much more common uh, than the uh, than the Dalinars. 
or the young Dalinars being much more common than the old Dalinars? We all need a little bit more cultivation in our lives. <laughs> Veronica? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, pivoting to the other secret project, not to Yumi. Um, given what happens at the end of the book, is Yumi immortal now? And if not, does she still age? Uh, so Yumi would be immortal. She could choose to age and her perception will influence this. Um, she is going to need a small bit of, um, of power to persist. But she is so highly invested that it would take a very long time for it to be noticeable, uh, particularly because she's just not even using that power, right? There, there's no really outlet for it. Uh, and so uh, she is um, she is a cognitive shadow, much like the Heralds or Vasher, that is self, but more self-sustaining because of how highly she's invested. Imagine her as, you know, someone like Vasher with thousands of breaths. It's just like you're just never going to notice. Uh, but sh her perception of herself um, will cause her to age, probably not to age to the point that she dies, though. Um, so, um, so yeah. Um, yes, basically, the answer is yes. You've got a, uh, an immortal being running a noodle shop uh, in a backwater corner of the Cosmere. She's sort of kind of how happens. the how the book also started except it was a different yep. immortal being it was just a different immortal being yep yep and you've got some hordlings hanging out they're functionally immortal too um because they can just uh always be replacing yeah. their their bodies with new bodies masaka was so much fun uh i do want to i do want to ask about tress again though yeah but it's really i say tress but it's really a cosmere question um it seems there's a special interaction between Silver and Investiture in at least certain places in the Cosmere, right? We've seen yes. how Silver interacts with Aethers, mm -hmm. and we've seen it over in, in Threnody, right? Um, so that makes Silver the second really, really special metal to interact with Investiture. Is the yep. plan now to have aluminum block Investiture and Silver destroy Investiture? or Yeah, that's the way I'm going with it, uh, to, uh, to make a distinction between them um that's where we're going okay but silver is still non-alimantic no silver eyes still non-alimantic yep mm -hmm, okay no silver eyes. this is this is my nod towards silver silver eyeness um and uh yeah there you go so would that be effective against spren just like silver well you'll have to find out rafa uh rafa i tried i tried yeah. okay Raffa, Raffa, okay Raffa. uh let's do uh lightning round so these okay. are not necessarily yes or no but like yes no one sentence kind of quick questions okay uh but if you want to blab you can always blab this yeah. is your show <laughs> well it's your Matt. show but i'm happy to uh no, no, no. Yeah. matt start us so, off yeah so first uh point of clarification can we confirm that zysis is foil and do all dragons have a nickname? Uh, yes, like... all dragons have a nickname. Um, it's very common, and you are allowed to confirm that. Okay, perfect. Veronica, <laughs> helpful for the wiki. <laughs> yeah, no, and I've had this question since we're the before. Um, will we learn any? Will we ever <laughs> learn anything on, about the canon? Uh, anything canonical about the person Luthadel was named after? Uh, someday, maybe. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, spores 
are said to eventually overwhelm a ship's silver defenses. Do Aether spores ruin silver like the shades over in Threnody do? Yes. Okay, so that's what the overwhelming is. Yep, take a lot, but yeah. Basically, this is how we have a ship that sinks, not destroy the whole ocean. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I the see. silver okay. doesn't just keep going. It, yeah, yeah, it gets burnt mm-hmm. out. That makes yep. sense, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Um, Your favorite yeah. question. Oh, yeah, this question. There was a long <laughs> shard cast where we yes. debated this. Um, oh, dear. Okay. Uh, can we finally confirm... What type of spren is used to create half shards? Is it radiant spren, shard plate spren, or something different? Because it's Rafo. <laughs> I was so, uh, so happy that I can wrap up that one. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there's a lot <laughs> of I you had a whole podcast about it. Yeah. There, there was. I'm, a lot of it. I'm not just raffling it because you had a podcast about yeah. it. Yeah. But... No. <laughs> Well, part of the debate was whether it has been confirmed or not um, in the books. So this is, you know, we're going to have lots of fun with this. Theoretically (laughs) should be confirmed in the RPG. We should be giving you all the tools that you need uh, for these sorts of things, including all of the armor spread, uh, all of the different brands of fused um, and things like that. Uh, Just the stuff we need so that you can role play. People who are uh, making them. Yeah. Uh, you should be able to get confirmed. This should all be get confirmed in that. We'll look forward to that then. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Veronica, give us something spicy. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what is the command the father machine got in You Mean the Nightmare Painter? Yes, I can. can. Um, what is it? <laughs> Basically. <Rap-o. laughs> it's a weird command to give a machine. Was that, you haven't was gotten that... one yet, Cheyenne Sound. There's your there's your <laughs> Yeah. That's what the, that's what the sender bots. To... It, it has to be good. very precise. I'm not going to look it up. It is in my notes. Uh mm-hmm. I would say it wrong if I gave it to you right now. It's one of those rap ups of Brandon doesn't want to look in his notes because we're in the lightning. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh spores and silver again. Can silver help a spore eater with their condition? Uh, yeah, you can stab them through the heart with a silver knife so they die. <laughs> much, much better, uh, much better ending. Um, there is potentially an application of silver that could maybe help them. It would not be my first go-to. Silver can be pretty destructive. Okay, that makes sense, I think. Yeah. Matt? Why do rat skulls glow on Threnody? <laughs> um, Rafa. okay Um, pretty good reason but that's a raffo we'll do we're gonna do a book on threnody eventually i I am so excited for that book anyway um could the yokihijo do other magical effects at some point other than like binding the spirits basically yes they they definitely could hmm uh, and I want to circle back to something you said earlier, but I would like to clarify that. Uh, if we are looking at very highly invested beings, right? Uh, we have Yumi, and we are told that she's more invested than Elantrians, more invested than Returned. How do we... Let's compare Yumi, Elantrians, and Heralds. Who is most invested? Who is least invested? Uh, of those... <clears throat> so, <clears throat> probably... Heralds, the thing is, the heralds have varied. 
like how in tune and aligned they are with their oaths, not their, their promise. It wasn't oaths, but they they did promise certain things when they became heralds. It was pre um, the the Knights Radiant. It's not as formalized as those. How in line with the power of honor? How in line with the kind of natural investiture of Roshar, which is separate from honor, cultivation, and odium? Are they? Uh, how can they draw upon that? I will call them the least of the three, though. Harold's on the bottom, and then Yumi on top, and Yumi Elantra's on the in top, the middle. But they're, Yumi's very close to an Elantrian. Okay. They're, they're they're within the same the same conversation, um, and most of the Yoki Hijo were traditionally in the past less. They've gained investiture over time. Okay. Okay. So lightning so, round, Evgeny. That, lightning that, round. No, no, no. <laughs> lightning no, that's, round. Okay. Look, let, lightning round officially, officially, unofficially yeah. over. Um, oh, what oh, I, what I want to so you can ask a follow up. <laughs> Yeah, actually, no, no, we're, wanna... we, we're making good time. So no, 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 you... no, we, we are making good time. I do want to ask about a couple of things that are not like traditional shard casty 17 okay. shard questions, okay. right? Um, uh, first of all, uh, spoiler streams, like your your spoiler streams. Do yes. you still plan to have like a mid-year, end-of-year one? And um, yeah. do you still plan to have a Yumi one? We're definitely planning a Yumi one. Uh, when we can slot this in, we've been a little busy lately making sure we get enough um, um, intentionally blank because Dan's been and I'm away and we're going to T Tampa Comic Con and I've been doing writing retreats. Just uh, getting uh, because Stormlight is just busy um, working in the streams. We so I still plan to have one. Whether it will be in July or not is a question mark. And, you know, yeah, uh, one thing we've been talking about also is this idea that we we aren't thrilled with Reddit. Right. And Reddit is our go to place for these questions. Uh, and should we uh, should we do something like, uh, you know, have a discord where they're asked? You guys have such a great functional discord. I don't want to do anything that like replaces that. Like that's the the strongest discord. uh for people to go to, to just talk about the Cosmere. Do we, do we finally bite the bullet, start up a Patreon, which a lot of people do, uh, and then have Patreon questions become the spoiler questions. Um, um, the only reason I say that is because we would have to hire a new person to moderate a discord or something like that. And so we had, yeah, but these are all questions that are spiraling, spiraling around in us. Like, it's not so much that Reddit is unfunctional, like the it's just that leaving it in the hands of someone like Reddit, I think the lesson from the last few months of Reddit is that we should not leave things in the hands of giant corporations like Reddit. Uh, yep. It would be nice to have. Oh, who knew? Right. Yeah. Um, they and so is there a way that we can. Yeah. So these are all conversations we're having. The spoiler streams won't go away. Uh, but, um, but you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's I would fair. enjoy it, hearing from the fan base, how they would like us to go about doing it. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, you, you talked about leaving things in the hands of giant corporations and, uh, some of those giant corporations recently have been doing a lot of AI 
stuff yeah. and AI art. And I know that the timing doesn't work out because you wrote Yumi before that, but it yeah. came out at a very opportune time. Yeah. Um, any any commentary you would like to offer yeah, on sure. the that's subject? A, that's that's kind of a, a great place to to bring this out. So yeah, I was obviously not. Uh, I guess I presaged this conversation. A lot of us did because there were different versions of uh, of chatbots and things like that. But I had no idea that you and me would be coming out when one of the main conversations was AI art. Um, and I I have a lot of thoughts, and they are sometimes in some ways contradictory. Right? Like on one hand, I am a a futurist, like most of us science fiction fantasy fans are. Right? I'm not afraid of new technology. Uh, new technology will always be disruptive. And I find that interesting. Um, at the same time, you know, my old roommate, Ken, he got beat at Jeopardy by a computer. We still watch Jeopardy, right? Like, yes, computers can do it better. We don't care if a computer can answer Jeopardy questions. We want to watch people answer Jeopardy questions. I don't think the arts are in danger for that reason. Um, I think that the corporate side of art, which is good jobs for a lot of artists could be. And that is scary, right? Um, right? Like uh, the whole idea where uh, we all know that the producers in Hollywood, if they didn't have to use writers, just wouldn't. You know, if their quality went down 10%, but, you know, or 100%, they don't care. Uh, that's been our experience with Hollywood is they don't really care about the quality of the writing very much. Um, and so that's uh, that makes me nervous. Uh, the market getting flooded even more so with making it hard to sort through things. I worry about the indie authors in particular, right? Like for, I, I worry that we will have it have to have a return to something like publishers uh, in order for people to be like, I trust this brand because they've sorted through and we know it's not random AI, AI generated garbage. Um, I worry about that just because I like the kind of golden age of indie publishing that seems to be dying, that Amazon is doing its best to kill. Uh, after starting it up, uh, I like that a lot of people were able to release new and interesting things uh, in publishing without having to use New York. I, I love New York editors, but the New York process doesn't fit for everyone. And we got some fantastic things not. So um, this is all we're in a really exciting time, but also a time of upheaval and change. I think there is something that humans add to art that no algorithm can do. Uh, and I feel like I can recognize it even when I see something AI generated. I'm like, wow, that's fantastic for AI. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm too optimistic. Um, but I think that I think that people are still going to want people still buy physical records, right? People are still going to want books written by people much more than they're going to want books written by AI. Um, and so I I'm not scared of the future, but there are certain aspects of that future that worry me that I think we need to consider um, so that the livelihoods of artists uh, don't get destroyed in the interim. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear that. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating conversation as an aspiring mm -hmm. author, yeah. particularly outside the U.S. Yeah. And yeah, crazy how that happened with Yumi uh, just <laughs> coming out in the middle of that. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those those few times where I'm like right on the cutting edge of something. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not just Yumi, it's the cozy fantasy movement, right? Yeah. Uh, like, you know, 
Last year we had legends and lattes and everyone's like, Oh, we need more cozy fantasy. Um, and suddenly like I released two of them, not knowing that this was going to be <laughs> kind of the big movement in fantasy uh, of this, the, these few years. So it's like, wow. Um, accidentally topical. Uh, that's very nice. I like that. You and your fortune, Brandon. Just yeah, I know. Like I know. He can't keep getting away with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. We are, however, just about at time. So before we say goodbye, I want to give you an opportunity to either if you have like an announcement or a message or a tease uh, that you would like to share with anyone. Uh, you um, absolutely can. Boy, I am fully in stormlight mode. There's not a lot to tease. We do have, yeah. we will be doing the words of ratings Kickstarter, but like, you already know we pushed that back again because I'm not going to do another Kickstarter when, yeah, you know, yeah. people are still waiting for their frugal. Um, I think they've all shipped out, but some people still won't even have received those. I'm not going to start up a Kickstarter. Uh, then <laughs> just seems like a yep. little tone deaf, you know. Uh, so we'll be doing that in March. Um, and so uh, we're we're coming up with all sorts of fun things for that. Uh, you should you will be able to get Horn Eater uh, there. You will be able to. Uh, get a new Sanderson Curiosity. Um, we'll be doing Dragon Steel Prime uh, as part of that. Uh, you guys, are, did you not know that? I thought I talked we about knew that. that. We knew that. We knew that. Yeah, we yeah. did. Don't look yeah. at Matt. No. We knew that. <laughs> you knew that. Uh, you just, you, you, Matt was giving me like the, the oh, this is exciting. Yeah. He's giving me yeah, good yeah, feedback, yeah. visual feedback to keep me talking. Uh, I, I'm not when, always the most on, in the loop. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's the only tease I have. I'll just say goodbye. Thank you, guys. No, no, we, we have an outro. We have an outro. Sorry. You have to get into <laughs> well, the I outro. Well, I want to say goodbye before you have your oh, outro. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to leave that part in. Uh, yeah. I want to say goodbye. Uh, you know, you guys are good sports. Uh, thank you for having a, a such a strong and solid fan community and the wiki. Uh, you're, you know, the, co the, the copper mine is a little easier to get to than my own wiki. So oftentimes <laughs> I just go to the copper mine out of my wiki. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. For easy answers. It's like, oh, well, what, how do I spell this person's name? Oh, the copper mine <laughs> will have it. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, yeah. so you can know that I'm using the copper mine as reference. Uh, so thank you, 17 shard. And I know you're, you're all kind of loosely affiliated. There's the shard cast and the 17 shard and the copper mine, but uh, I'm yeah. glad that, uh, that the Discord exists, and um, yeah, good job, guys. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for the thanks. kind words, uh, and and thanks for coming on the show. It's been it's been a blast having you, yes. even even if I got ruffled a few times. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, it took me so long. I know you've been trying for like a year to get me on. <laughs> wow, you are you are a very very busy Does man. Um, I'm hoping we can do this again. You know, before too long, uh, we'll. But we'll have our people speak with your people. Okay, good. Uh, but we <laughs> listeners and viewers have a cool website, 17shard.com. You can visit that. We have forums. We have news. Uh, we have a Patreon. You can visit. Patreon's only a dollar. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, we have a Discord server, uh, discord.com slash 17shard or Discord GG slash You'll find it in the description. We have all the links in the description. Uh, obviously, we have YouTube because you're probably on YouTube. If you're not, you're on Spotify or some other musical platform. All the links are in all the places. Follow us, like us, enjoy the content, and we'll see you in the next whatever it is that we do. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.